Hello ladies and gentlemen, I'm Judith Fallon-Reed and welcome to Shelf Life TV, where I have great conversations with Caribbean authors about their lives and books. If you have yet subscribed to this podcast, please do so. You'll always know when new episodes are available. The video of this episode is available also on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel and check out my website at jfallonreed.com. Also, check out my other podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Now it's time to share what's on my shelf. Today, my guest is Natalie Clark Richards, and she is the owner of Love Out Loud LLC. Yes, LOL, Love Out Loud. And her book is called Love Out Loud. And it's all about how she overcame these self-limiting thoughts, these things that tell us that you're not worthy, all those kinds of feelings to become the person she is today, a coach, a mentor, an author, and someone who just truly believes in love. I invite you to share that conversation with me right now with Natalie Clark Richards. Welcome to Shelf Life. So good to have you with me today. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. I've been looking forward to talking to you because I'm really big on the whole idea of self-empowerment and self-worth. And um, as a Christian, I always, when I hear people talk about we're not worthy, we're not, I was like, no, 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 no. We're very, very worthy. We are quite worthy. Christ died for us because we were worthy, because we were worthy. So you know, stop putting, stop saying I'm not worth it because I don't believe it. So I, I was very happy to read your book and I see behind you, it says, believe there is good in this world because there really is. <laughs> and I there like is, that. And then be the good. <laughs> be, oh, see, I actually just read it all the way across. Yeah. So be the good, right? Be the good in the world. Amen. Yeah. So before we get to talking about your book though, the actual book, I want to talk about you, Natalie. Tell me about yourself, where you're born, where you grew up, all that kind of good stuff. All the good stuff. Because So I was born in Kingston. I know many, many people always say, oh, yeah, everybody was born in Kingston. But I, I was, was really too. <laughs> I was <laughs> right there. Up, yeah, exactly. So I was born there the first two years of my life. And then I moved to live with my grandparents in St. Anne, in the countryside of St. Anne. Um, a place called Clydesdale. Okay. Really, really, really quiet town. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I, I spent my first, well, the from age two to 11 after I passed my common entrance exam. Mm-hmm. So I lived with my great grandparents and the most humble people I know. I mean, they're deceased now, but man, right. they really taught me humility. So, um, I, yeah, I, those were my best years, I believe, because they really molded me. Now I really go back to those values that they instilled in me. And um, that's, that's, yeah. That's, siblings, that's what siblings, what school did you go to? Anything oh, yeah. So, we can hear? <laughs> I know. So siblings, I have, it's interesting. So my, my parents were teenage parents. My okay. mom, um, in my book, I talked about her experience mm-hmm. and she had me when she was 15 years old and my dad uh, older than her. So I have two sets of siblings. My okay. mom, after she, she, you know, she matured and she got married. She has two boys. So I have two brothers on her. And then my dad, who still lives in Jamaica, you know, has a whole host of us. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a very common story, though? Very common. Very, very common. Very common. It's, it's 
yeah, yeah. I am still meeting siblings on my father's side. It's so interesting. But I'm the eldest of both of them. Okay. And yeah. So, uh, so that's, I went to Clydesdale Primary School and then I passed my common entrance and I went to an all girls high school in Brownstown, St. Hilda's. West? Oh, you didn't go to Westwood. You went to St. Hilda's. Okay. You're a Hilda's girl. Yes. The school on the hill. And, mm -hmm. and that was, that was a, an amazing experience in sorts, <laughs> 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 but um, it did help shape me as well, because I, a lot of times, even in my adult life, when I meet fellow Jamaican women, they will pinpoint that I went to St. Hilda's just by my demeanor. And it's oh, very okay. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, she's so prim and proper. She probably you know went what, to though? Hilda's. Yeah. You go to Catholic school back in the day and you had no choice, really. I mean, yeah, yeah. I went to Catholic school my whole life. My uh, entire schooling from start to end was Catholic school. So yes, there's yeah. something about those nuns standing over you that um, <laughs> kind of either whips you into shape and keeps you there or turns you into the rebel without a cause. Very true. That Very just true. was wild. Yep, yep. I had, I have both experience. <laughs> okay. I've been, I have been both. <laughs> I have definitely been both. So talk to me about your book, Love Out Loud. Love out loud. Love. It, it's funny that you said that because when LOL started, before mm -hmm. I was told it meant laugh out loud, I thought it meant love something, love something lots or I don't remember what it was, but that was, I didn't know that's what it was. But love out loud, I think is a wonderful, wonderful thing to do with LOL. Yeah. And it's all about empowerment. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's what's your passion? What is your inspiration for writing the book? Yeah. Um, like love out loud, laugh out loud. When LOL came about, it was interesting. I was like, yeah, we're laughing out loud. How about we love out loud? Mm -hmm. And so the thought came to me way back then, and I didn't do anything about it until when I started writing the mm -hmm. book. And I was like, you know what? My book is going to be love out loud. And I started researching and realized it was a whole movement already. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You know, there are lots of love out loud different versions of it happening. But um, I, I decided to stick with mine. Mm -hmm. And Love Out Loud, I grew up in the Caribbean and in Jamaica. And like you know, our parents and grandparents loved us. Yes. I know they loved it. But they had a really weird way of showing it. I, I, I didn't experience the love out loud. Like I would just know that my grandparents loved me because they provided for me. They yes. nurtured me and all these things. But I don't recall ever hearing it. I love you. I love you. I, you know, that constant affirmation of the love. Like, I, I don't recall ever hearing my father say it. <laughs> I think it, my father started saying it when we got older. But you yeah. know, I mean, we provide for you. We feed you. We take care of you. When you're sick, we nurse you. What, what do you yeah. Of course we love you. But the affirmation is so important to a uh, developing mind to hear it. So even though I feel it and I, I, know, I think I know it, I want to hear it. I mm -hmm. want to hear it. And many people that I've, that I've gotten feedback from regarding the book, they said the same thing, you know. I, I never thought about it, but you're right. I don't recall ever hearing yeah. my great-grandparents saying, I love you, you know, or, or that affirmation piece of it. So I just wanted to 
put it out there that we can love out loud. We don't need to hide mm-hmm. and share our love. It can be displayed out loud. I think so, it probably is one of the reasons too why even with my kids, um, they grew up hearing it all the time. I mean, they, they say it to each other. The sisters say to each other, my grandson hears it all the time. You don't walk away after being together without saying love you. You know, it's just, it's like how we end our conversations. It's a part of today, but it really, really wasn't so much a part of what they grew up with. So it's wonderful that you have taken it and you're trying to teach people that it's okay. That it's it's okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's the same I share with my son. I, I, I'm sure he knows, but I also want him to hear me say it mm-hmm. consistently. So mm-hmm. it, it's etched in his mind if he ever, you know, questions it. Well, at least I heard it and I felt it and I know it. And, yeah. and he can then turn around and show it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Showing it. Yes. Showing it. There's a pivotal point in your life, though, that you brought out in the book that I do want to talk about. And you tell a story about being called a nuisance and just how that colored your life. Tell us about that. Oh my goodness. It, it's, it's so amazing the things that adults say that they don't know, <laughs> we internalize and we're listening. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe I was 13 or, or so when my, my, my school principal said that to me. And it, it wasn't until I was in my 30s that that memory was brought back to me that that's how I was running my life. It was, I, I love personal development. So I was mm-hmm. doing that and there was an exercise and it triggered my memory back to that 13 year old girl that I was pretty much doing everything myself or not, de- not depending on people mm-hmm. as my school principal <clears throat> one day when I felt sick and was walking to the nurse's station, <laughs> she met me in the hallway and she didn't even, I told her, I was like, I don't feel well and I'm going to the nurse's station. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me. She's not, I don't think she's ever seen me before then. You know, it was a big school. Yeah, you were just one of the many. I was just one of the many. And she had her hands on in the power stance and she said, go back to your class. I stopped being a nuisance. Oh, wow. And oh my goodness, she did not let me go. And I went back to my class and I remember looking up the word nuisance in my dictionary. And I said to myself, oh my gosh, this is how I'm showing up. I, I didn't articulate those right thoughts, at the time. Class, I don't ever want to be a nuisance. I don't like that definition of a nuisance. So I started growing up just hiding and, mm-hmm. and doing my own thing because I don't want to be a nuisance. Yeah, a nuisance. Mm-hmm. And it, it did not it, serve me. Words are so powerful. And words. people don't understand how powerful words are. The Bible says that life and death is in the tongue, the power, the tongue. And what you say is so important. And I, as you talk about your principle, I remember overhearing a conversation my mom and my dad was having <clears throat> when I was probably about 14, 15, because I was always different from my sisters, you know, Um, I was the true creative, true free spirit, um, didn't follow the rules, did well, but just always outside the box, got the maths answer right, but not by using the formula, Um, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. And I've heard a conversation, I don't know what it was they were talking about, except I heard when they said, well, if it was Judy who did that, 
then it would be, we would understand because we expect anything from her. And I thought, oh my God, how freeing, you know, at 15, those words freed me. Oh my goodness. To be myself, because I realized that they were, they expected me to do anything (laughs) crazy or good. It was, they expected it. And so I did not have to live up to these very, very, very high standards that my siblings had set. I could just be me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was to my detriment a lot of the time, but yeah, <laughs> I was oh, still being me. You're still being you and you grew and you experienced mm-hmm. and you, you, you can differentiate, okay, this doesn't work and this mm-hmm. works. And you have all this experience opposed to when you're so sheltered and in that box right i remember my co-worker and we laughed I, she called me last week and we cracked up we worked together for about 12 years and now that i've written the book and you know i'm doing coaching and i'm, I'm speaking she said she said i don't even know this woman because when i met natalie she was in a box in a box and you could not reach her she was just like so boxed in and i put ropes remember. all around it <laughs> all roped yeah. in yeah all roped in You have a a quote in your book that I absolutely love. It's one of my favorite Confucius quotes. It says, he who says he can and he who says he can't are usually both right. And when I talk about your book being about empowerment, some of the principles that you talk about in your book is creating the life that you want. How how do you do that? Tell us a little bit more about what's in the book in terms of um, the steps and what you what you actually share with people yeah and and it's it's funny enough my my mentor jack canfield who i have the certification on the success principles that i train on that's one of his first principles mm-hmm. it's i before then i didn't realize that that that's what it was but uh, after i did my certification i was like oh that's what i wrote about e plus r equals o which is the event plus your response equals your outcome and you get to create around that. Right. It's, it's so important. We are all creative beings, Mm -hmm. but in that same space, we have all these events happening around us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most recently COVID it's an event, even though very detrimental and I'm not diminishing that, but it's an event and how you respond to it gives you the outcome. Some people respond in a positive way or how, you know, they said, okay, all this didn't work for me in the past. Now that I, it's almost like a reset for them. Mm-hmm. So they've done all sorts of things. They're responding in a different way. So when we can get out of it in the new way, the outcome is different. different. While some people may be, you know, they're so taken up with the event that they're either in anxiety or whatever emotion right. is being triggered is giving them a different outcome, maybe right. not, not one that they want. So it's why I, I always say to people, you know, we are all experiencing an event, but the most important piece is the response yes. to the event that is going to create the life that you want or you don't want. So we always go back to that. Okay, what am I experiencing here? Right. How do I respond to it? Mm-hmm. It's going to give me my outcome. And it's just that it sounds simple. It is simple. It is simple. But we don't practice it. We don't practice it. It's the practicing of it. 
every single day get up practice mm -hmm. okay this is the event what's my response it's going to give me the outcome and and it's it's the practice of not just every single day but every single moment of our life every single decision that we have to make oh. it's how we respond to it because i coach young people and i do training for young people and it's always about how am I going to deal with this? What, what exactly is it and I'm doing with the circumstances I've been given? Yeah. Because creating your own destiny or creating your own life, the life you want is not just about, um, you know, setting these steps. It's about how you're going to respond. Because what do you say, and you do it so well in your book, to somebody who says, well, I did all the right things, but it still came out wrong. What do you say? It's... <laughs> <laughs> and and it's and, and and it's true you like okay did you what is right did you really do it go back to the events because they don't lie your experiences don't lie how did you respond to it you know if you really really take the time and it's and and it is it is a lot it can become overwhelming to go inward to mm -hmm. really see how you're showing up yeah. you'll see that all the things that you've done is as a result of those choices you're the only one making the choices and that's what life is showing you here are your results mm -hmm. so, um, so no bad luck no exists i don't bad luck good luck um i don't know no <laughs> it's your choices that you're making that's giving you those those outcomes and if we're honest with ourselves it's true i mean if you if you you got a bonus from work it's a thousand dollars you have a choice. You can either save 500 and, you know, use 500 to spend on yourself or do something you like or travel or whatever. You make that choice. Or you got a thousand dollars and you're like, woo, I am going to splurge. And you splurge a thousand dollars. Later on, you'll see that you invested $500 and it gives you a return on your investment. Or later on, you're looking like, man, I got a thousand dollars and I blew it, and now I could really use a thousand dollars. It's all in how we're choosing the thing or daily daily lives. It's as simple as that. And and there's something to to listening to yourself too. Yeah, because a lot of times you hear people talk about when you know when you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. um, and you hear people talk about, oh man, I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, but if I, I thought in my head, I have something was saying, don't go into that store. And we didn't listen to that, mm -hmm. you know? And in your book, you talk about the power of intention. Yeah. You know? The in power of intention. When I learned that word intention, it was, it was lifesaver because it's, it's literally how you live every day. Every, I, I, for myself, I wake up and I, I ask myself, what is my intention for today? Like, what do I want to create? Because we have that power. The Bible tells us that God gave us that power in right. us to create. So I, I, I really do set my intention. I'll, I'll journal my intention for today is to be happy. As you see in my book, behind each page is spaces for you to journal as well and right. just to share your thoughts. So each morning when I wake up or even the night before, I'll set my intention. My intention for the next day is to create joy, is to create happiness, is to 
share love. And whenever there are events that are taking me away from that, it, my, my brain will remind me today's intention is to create wow. joy. And I'll bring it back to, okay, this is not, I'm not experiencing joy in this moment. So let's, let's change this. Or I'm not experiencing happiness in this moment. Let's, let's shift those thoughts. And it does take practice. I was and, just going to say, and, and discipline. And discipline. And I talk about discipline too. It, it takes all of those. And, but it's a, it's a work in progress and you're worth it. I'm worth it. So I, I really choose that for myself every day because I'm worth it. And we spoke about being worthy right the beginning. And it's just knowing that, that I'm worthy of this and I'm going to choose happiness, no matter what my environment is bringing me, I'm choosing happiness in this moment. So it's about living in the moment, really. Um, planning for the future, but living in the moment. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite um, authors that I read, Eckhart Tolle, he, and I went to see him in Miami just before the pandemic. Um, he talks about being in the present moment. And he, you know, there's this example that he uses where he says, in this moment, tell me what problems you have. In this moment, not... Mm -hmm five minutes away when you're thinking about your bills or whatever in this moment. And I can't think of any in this moment. I am mm -hmm. grateful to be speaking with Judy. I am in a conversation right. in this moment. That's what's present to me. So if we just use that as an example, just to live our lives, it will save us from a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's something that resonated so well with me in your book, because I, I believe in that in this moment. I plan. I'm a planner. I, yeah, I, I juggle. I juggle like, you know, five or six different balls every day. It's different companies that I'm running and different things that I'm doing and shows and radio and everything. I juggle a lot. And so I have to plan and I have to be a planner. But I so believe in living in this moment, because this moment is all I really have. It's all we really have. It's all we have. We don't have five minutes from now. You know, anything can happen five minutes from now. You can walk out your door five minutes from now and that's it. You know, a friend of yeah. mine was picking coconuts, something as simple as picking coconuts, fell, fell off the ladder. Oh my goodness. And broke his arm and that changed the whole course of the next several months. Yeah. So you, you have to learn to live in the moment that you are in, even if you are still planning for the future. And I like that resonated with me. The other thing that really resonated with me was you talk a lot about um, the power of love. Ah, uh, yeah, I, the power of love, because the, uh, I can't remember what scripture, but the, there's a scripture in the Bible that where it says, and the greatest of all is love. Is love. Yeah, Corinthians. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, yes, and, and, and it's true because you can use love to cover anything, anything you're experiencing with anyone. If you're, if you're having an argument or whatever, and you come from a space of love, you can literally shift a relationship. You can shift a friendship. You can shift. Um, my, my father and I, we didn't have a bond mm -hmm. growing up and you know, he didn't understand me. I didn't understand him. And we just had this tumultuous thing. But after I started working on myself, I decided to start coming from love, mm -hmm. knowing that all his experiences shaped him. Right. And that's 
his experience. It's not mine. So now I'm going to shift all of that and come from a space of love whenever I interact with him. And I see him opening up every time we have, every time I go to Jamaica, mm -hmm. he there he's there to pick me up and take me wherever it is that i want to go love love is an amazing thing it's an amazing thing and it's all because now i've chosen to experience that with him whenever i interact with him that's the space that i'm coming from and he opens up and he shifts he's not this angry man that people think he is he is so gentle and i'm like where was this when i was a teenager because <laughs> that's not the space we were operating in then right now they say love love fixes everything um and i i have to clarify that somewhat i think because people have used that to try and get people to stay in bad situations you know oh, that you I, can I, use love to fix it and i always say that you know love is about loving totally loving you as well yes and talk about yes. that you know the importance of the power of love not just loving other people but the importance of loving yourself yeah absolutely thank you so much for clarifying that because yes um i would not encourage anyone to be in an environment mm -hmm. where love is not being shared and that's exactly true what you said you have to love yourself to know that this environment this space is not conducive and I must walk away in love. In love, in love. Walk away and say, okay, this is not serving any of us. Let us choose to go separately or, or lose the friendship or whatever, but still have that love and respect and, and trust or, you know, love mm -hmm. and respect for the friendship that you had or the relationship right. that you had. And now you know that, okay, I am choosing this for myself as well. and know that right. that's okay, that you're not being a bad person or right. you're not being whatever people may say, that you're literally choosing it for yourself as well. So that, that's a good clarification. And, and letting people go out of your life when they want to leave when is actually an act of love. <laughs> yes. If I love you and you want to go, go. <laughs> you know, I love you enough to let you go. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, I love you enough to recognize that this is not good for you. Yeah, yeah. You're not happy. This is not, and this is not just husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend. This is just relationships Relation. in general. Yeah, you know. It's funny that you said that because at first, because of how I grew up, I always think that if I have a friend, I've known this girl from high school. I we need to be friends. Hold on to her. But then, as we grow and evolve, it just naturally just dissipates and that's okay it's not that i don't like my friend anymore but we are now we've grown apart we've grown we've evolved into different mm -hmm. women and and that's okay i don't need to hold on to you and yeah. think that you are you're supposed to be loyal to me mm -hmm. and now you have other friends or you're not including me and now you know that's okay we've we've evolved friendships die and that's okay. And and sometimes it's not even die. It's as you say, it's, a, it's an evolution. It's an um, evolution. We have to learn the principle of time and seasons. I have a book called Time and Seasons. And that's one of the principles I learned early in my life because I lost somebody who was very dear to me at a very young age. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn that, you know, people don't, some people come to stay forever. 
some come to teach a lesson and they leave, whether they die or they move on to another set of people. Um, some come just because you need something at that particular time, yeah. or they need something at that particular time, and it works. And yeah. so that whole idea of loving people enough to let them go, I think is very, very, very important. But your, your book, Love Out Loud, um, really resonated with me because mm -hmm. I believe in loving out loud. I believe in telling people you love them. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I believe that it's okay for a male friend to tell another male friend, I love you, man. Brother, I love you. I think yeah. it's good. And that you it's know. okay. And, and it's, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's just what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. Um, I'm seeing more and more I, I, men now, like on social media, who are not afraid to express their love for their family or a, a colleague or a brother who is in need. I have one friend, I won't call his name, who is very expressive that way. And I find it so refreshing. And I mean, he's a man's man. You know, yeah. he's a man's man by our terms of what a man's man is, if you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah. Real man, as we would say in Jamaica. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but <laughs> you yeah. know what me mean. I know, I know. I and, um, but he's not afraid to say, you know, this is my anniversary and I love my wife. Yeah. Or this is my daughter and I'm proud of her. Or, you know, my brother in New York is just lost his son and I love him, you know. And I'm, I'm thrilled with the idea that in this world where there is so much hate right now, that we are still pushing the concept of love yeah absolutely um i it's it's why love out loud is so important i believe that we can cause a ripple effect with 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 love each one we just expand the love and mm -hmm. let it go out and it would it would hide all the hate i believe or not hide but you know well it's the only thing that can conquer hate stronger. yeah it's love is strong yeah exactly but it's stronger yeah yeah without without a doubt well natalie it has been wonderful talking to you love out loud is the book people you gotta check it out check out natalie go find her she's on all the usual platforms where you find everybody else yes and her book is on amazon and all the platforms where you find all the other books so you gotta go check out natalie and love out love and she's my j-wolf sister Oh so, yeah, <laughs> Jamaican woman of Florida, and I gotta give a big shout out to yeah. the Jamaican woman of Florida because they do do good things, do big things. But Natalie, thank you so very much. I wish you every success in not just the book, but in also your speaking because you speak. You're a speaker. You go out and you talk about this whole concept. What are your last words for my viewers? My last words are: know that in this moment your experience matters you matter and i want you to know that we're all in this together and support is important and if you need support reach out and it's okay to let someone else know your feelings don't hide it share it with a trusted person and and support each other and know that that's okay Brilliant. Thank you so much, Natalie. It's been wonderful. Thank you for joining me on Shelf Life. I'll see you at the next J-Wolf event. Yes. Thank you for having me, Judy. It was so yes. fun. And I'll, I'll 
get to see you in person when COVID don't keep. Yeah. <laughs> Enough blessings. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you, you too. Well, that was Shelf Life. And we've come to the end of another program. Boy, I'm telling you, there's something about love that is so great. And I hope you'll go out and get love out loud and just help yourself to really, really get beyond our self-limiting thoughts into a space of just complete love. It was wonderful as always having you. And I'll see you again next week, same place, same time, right here, where you'll see what else we have on my shelf. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please do so. The video of this interview is available on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Visit my website at jfallonreed.com and you can download your copy of my free audiobook, Time and Seasons. And remember to subscribe to my other podcast, Exchanging Pain for Praise.